0: Everyone, and this is another episode of Going Beyond Salvation. And this is your host, Jess Robinson. And so today we'll talk about. Uh, we actually start the book of Leviticus, and as I've said, many people look at the book of Leviticus as boring and full of set of rules. And as we look at the first three chapters, it's talking about, you know. Burn offerings and grain offerings and what's to be done and how they're to be presented. And when you think about the book of Leviticus and to the Jewish people in that time, to the Israelites, this was God's guideline for them, how they were to live, how they were to act, how they were to be a society, you know, a nation, how they were to be set apart for them, how these offerings were to be presented for him they were not to be just you know grab a a firstborn lamb and just sacrifice this lamb you know there was a process to it you know and it's a process of worshiping him and you know and and worshiping God isn't you know it shouldn't be some ritual or or anything like that you know and and people are going well that's that's you know religion at that point no what it was in that time was the Lord you know he's holy and he was distinguishing what is holy and what is unholy and that's what he was doing he was distinguishing that for the people because they didn't know what was holy and what was unholy you know what was clean and what was unclean you know they had to, and he was a holy God, and there was still this separation. Jesus hadn't come to die for for this, you know, or to die and shed blood for our for the forgiveness of our sins at at, at that time, and so there had to be this substitute, and there had to be a process. You know, and think about it today. Because of Jesus, we don't have to to deal with these offerings, but this is what the people had to do back then. And we think about our worship and, and I, like I say, with people with, you know, for worship and prayer life, we shouldn't take our prayer life and worship life with, with the Lord haphazardly, you know, and it's, you know, coming before the Lord and, and, and having you know, a right heart attitude, you know, and, and being cleansed of our sins, which jumps to Psalm 26, which we see with David, that he, he chooses that he's going to live righteous before the Lord. He's going, he doesn't want to walk in the ways of the wicked. He doesn't, he, and, you know, he's asking the Lord to search his heart and, you know, he wants to be able to go be in the presence of the Lord. That's what he wants to do. He wants to go to the altar. And he has his heart to, to you know, and it's his heart was right. He wanted to know the Lord and he, he made a stand to, to live right before the Lord. And think about this, you know, David was in that time where there was that separation, you know, the veil, there was the veil. And you know but he still wanted to worship the lord and he just had this heart you know that that it was going to be clean and pure before the lord and he just had this you know this relationship where he wanted to know god's heart he wanted to know you know what what broke god's heart he wanted to know what made him happy you know he just he wanted to know the lord like personally you know, just as, as we get to know when you, you get married, you want to know your spouse. Like when you're dating, you want to get to know them. You want to know their favorite color. You want to know, you know, they're, you know, you want to know them intimately and, you know, you get to know everything about them. And I think as brand, you know, when you're a brand new believer, you're the same way with the Lord, you know you want to know them there's such an excitement and it's just like marriage where you know you have to keep up that that fervent passion because you know in marriage it when you're married there's that temptation to not want to understand or to get to know the person anymore you feel like oh the chase is done and And I think that's how we get that way with the Lord sometimes is, you know, as you continue on in your faith in your walk with him, it just, you go, uh, I'll do my prayer. I'll do my, my Bible reading and that's it, you know, and I'll just go on the, for the rest of my day, you know, and it's just, it turns into like a five minute or two minute prayer. It doesn't, there's no worship and, and sometimes it just ends up turning into a Sunday thing. And it's like we, we can't live that way, you know, we just don't want to live that way, and, and so I just challenge, you know, don't let, you know, would you let your marriage go stale, and, and treat it as, as common, you know, I don't think so, you know, and I think that's how we should treat our, our relationship with the Lord, is that this isn't just some common relationship, and that we're also cautious about being pure and standing up for, for Jesus, standing up for what is right and, and choosing to be set apart. You know, I was watching, I was, you know, on Facebook and there was this video of Billy Graham years ago. And he was like, he was preaching, you know, he's like, okay, Joseph did, he went to prison because he would not Given to temptation, you know, and he's listing these these people that were godly. They choose chose to stand for God, stand for Christ, and you know, yes, they got punished for 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 choosing what is right. And yes, as believers, there's going to be, especially in this day and age, especially in America, you have to choose or know that because of this materialistic world that is filled with sin and and chasing after these, these momentary pleasures that there are going to be times that our stand for Jesus is going to have a cost. There is going, you know and it's not God punishing us because God's no, we're taking a stand for what is right. It's just because the world has fallen, you know, and, and we see that, we're going to see that with the disciples. They stand for what is, is right. You know, they they pray for the sick, they continue to preach the gospel and they, they get flogged. They get, you know, some of them are martyred because of their stand and, you know, so things, you know, do happen to, to God's children that are negative because of the stance that they take, but it's not God, it's the people, it's the people that do that, it's because they're living in the world, and, and they're ignorant to the fact that they're, they're disobeying God, now there are some that are disobeying, no, they're, they're disobeying God, but that's between them and God at that point, (laughs) So, you know, we just, we have to continue to take that stand, that we're going to stand for Jesus, even though it's not popular in this materialistic world, that we're not going to give in to temptations, that we're not, you know, because, you know, the world says it's okay, (laughs) it's okay to, to have affairs, it's okay to look at pornography, you know, it's like, no, and so... I just, you know, want to say that, you know, we really need to just focus on a relationship with the Lord and getting to know him. And yes, as we get to know him and start guarding our heart, we're going to have to start making choices that in order to keep that relationship with the Lord. And it may seem hard, but it's like I'd, I'd rather, you know miss out on on the things of this world than miss out on god <laughs> and what all he had had for me and so that's just something that you know struck me in the reading and it just kind of died in into psalm 26 and so there's you know that and then we we get into matthew and we get into the trial of jesus and this is you know early in the morning of <laughs> of day, you know, of of the, you know, of, of the Passion Week, and we're sitting here and it's like, you know, what is happening is this is early in the morning of, of day six, and what happens is they, he's before Pilate the Roman governor, because they want to kill Jesus, but they can't carry out the death penalty. It has to be Rome that approves the death penalty. And we're seeing Pilate is just not buying what what the Jewish people have. You know, he's just like, you know, he just doesn't see any wrong in the situation. And he... and. In the book of Matthew, he doesn't point out what exactly happens. You just see that there's such a riot and tumult starting to happen that he does finally give in. But what it is, is as well, and we're going to see in, in the other Gospels, in, in our daily reading that it went from a blasphemy charge to them, you know, saying, oh, he's he's committing treason against Rome. That's what ends up happening. And so Pilate ends up going, okay, uh, but I I don't think he was truly convinced. And we see in the book of Matthew that He's warned. Pilate is warned by his wife not to have anything to do with Jesus because she had bad dreams. She had bad dreams because of this this man. And so he ends up and we see that he's he's doing what he can to to spare Jesus. And what he does is, you know, there was this Annual tradition where one prisoner is let go. So he picks somebody that he picks the person that nobody would probably pick. You know, he picks a criminal that nobody would probably pick to be released. You know, to to give Jesus some chance of of being released and saved. And they still pick the prisoner. They pick Barabbas. And they're just like, (laughs) so I think he was kind of confused at that point going, why would you pick a criminal over somebody that really just, you know, cause he knew that Jesus had been handed over by envy and he's just like, okay, you know, and that's what ends up happening is he And see, we see that he does finally give in. But what he also does is he washes his hands and says, "You know, the blood is not on my hands." And what ended up happening there is, and I don't know if Pilate knew this, if he knew the customs and the law. I don't know because he, he was, you know, he dealt with the Roman government. But I read a fiction. A, a historical fiction novel a couple years ago and it was it was a historical fiction on on Jesus and it was revolving around people that he wasn't the disciples it was like people that he and they were fictional characters but they he made it look like that they saw the things and we see in the and in, in this book pilot and it made sense to me when i read this and so maybe it's a possibility but pilot in this book he it this author did a really good job of of sharing you know this puzzlement that pilot has that he really just doesn't want to deal with this situation you know he doesn't want to give the Jews what they want and he he's you know he's like great you know what do I do you know because he he was hearing from his wife that not to have anything to do with this man well then it dawned on him and and in this book this man Pilate starts laughing because he's like I know how to deal with this And he deals with a tradition that the Israelites have that we're going to read about in in the law. And it dealt with murder and an unsolved murder where they don't know who the murderer is when there has been blood that is shed. And what the tradition was, they were to wash their hands in water and if I remember correctly, they were also to sacrifice, and um, they were supposed to sacrifice a bull, if I remember right, a bull or a heifer, but what it was, was he was to, but they were to wash their hands and say, we have nothing to do with this, this shed blood, all the the different leaders all around that, surrounding that area of where the blood was, the innocent blood was shed. And so, in that fiction novel, you know, historical fiction novel, that's where he gets the idea to wash his hands. I don't know if that's true, you know, if that's true, if Pilate had that idea. Personally, I don't think he would have an idea of that because of Him being you know of the Roman government, but he might have known just because he was having to deal with the Israelites And and how they ran things so I don't know it's a possibility it could actually have something to deal with his own customs so he does that, and, and the Israelites are like, yeah, let it be on ours, but kill him. They, they wanted him crucified. And so, that ends up happening. And and then, he is severely flogged, you know, and how the, they did flogging or scourging back then was, it was supposed to be 40 lashes minus one because the 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 Israelites they had the forty mi- forty la- lashes minus one they'd only do thirty nine because they thought that the person would be po- to the point of death if they did anything more that they would die now I don't think that's the way with the Romans it what it was it was cat nine tails and these cat nine tails would it was meant to cause as much damage as, as it could be done. And as much pain. And so he, he took, you know, 40 stripes on his back, you know, on his body. Because I've heard that there was specific areas where he, like, how many they would do. and But, you know, when you think about it, if you've same passion of the christ and people go oh that was really bloody and i've heard one evangelist said it wasn't even close to what what he would have looked like because in that time and there has been descriptions of what they look like when when a scourging is done and it was to the point that there was you know skin shredded off there was you know organs could be seen you know this person was practically dead with after going through a scourging like that so this is what jesus did and then he has to carry a cross to what was called the you know called golgotha And what happened is Jesus, they had Simon, which is not, you know, the disciple, but there, there was a man named Simon of Cyrene and he ends up carrying his cross for him. Now it's probably because, yeah, Jesus was probably, he was so weak at that point, he couldn't, couldn't carry it. And because of all, you know, what, the way his skin was after being beaten like that, it was probably, you know, he, he, there was no way he was going to be able to carry it. And so he's crucified. And then two, um, two criminals are actually killed next to, with him. They're crucified with him. Now, what it was actually was, these criminals, they were actually, they also were, their charges also dealt with um, treason, It, it was all political, and so these guys that were killed, or crucified with him, it was kind of just like a slap in the face to two other guys. And we see in in the daily reading, as you read it, you know, a couple podcasts ago, we were reading Psalm twenty two. And as I kept reading that, it kept taking me back to Psalm twenty two, that what was happening to Jesus, you know, it was the same thing. The people that you know, and, and that's what happens to Jesus. He's like, you know, people are going, Oh, you know, God could save him and you know, it and and that's what ends up happening. But there's also a sign that is put on there that you know, that says Jesus the King of the Jews. And we're gonna see in one in one of the gospels that the religious leaders have a problem with that charge that's put up because they're like no he just claimed to be king of the jews and Pilate just says you know what what is written is what is written <laughs> and so um so we just see that happening and so think about the the suffering that jesus went through and and think about it, we just, we didn't deserve it. We didn't deserve what, what, you know, we are actually the ones that should have gotten that penalty for our sins. We should have died. We should have been punished. We should have been the ones being severely beaten. We should have been the ones that were crucified. But he still did it. He was willing and and the love I mean that's love right there that y he, he was willing to die, you know, and that's you know as we talk about marriage, you know marriage is the same way, you know it's not it's loving the person even when they don't deserve it, it's loving them and doing what you know loving them unconditionally to the point, yeah. It's like, you know, my husband's not perfect, you know, and neither am I. And it's unconditionally loving him and saying, I'm going to love him and even die for him if I have to, you know. It's, you know, how many of us would actually die for our spouse? And we have, and there's, and I've heard this too, is you know, parents saying, would you be able to, to sacrifice your own child? Would that, would you be able to do the same thing God did? Sacrifice his own son, his one and only son for, for the sake of humanity, for the forgiveness of sins. And so, you know, think about that. And it's more than just words, you know, that this is real it happened. And so yeah, you know, that's just amazing what what the Lord does. And so I just want to finish off with this and finish off in a prayer and and just say, you know, I mean, we have such an awesome God and that we can rejoice. We can rejoice because of the love and the mercy and what Jesus did what Jesus did did for us and so Lord I just want to thank you God for for the sacrifice you did on the cross we give you the glory we give you the honor Lord we didn't deserve it but Lord we just thank you for your love and your mercy that lord i just pray that lord as we continue to read about jesus that it would just take captive of our hearts of the the price that that he paid for for our sins lord we may not fully grasp it but lord i pray that you would just captivate us with that i pray lord that our heart would be just set about set apart Wanting to know you intimately more and more each day, Lord, let your word just be revealed in our hearts. Lord, I pray, God, that, Lord, we would just have this fervent passion for you. And, and, Lord, just continue to work in our lives. Lord, I just thank you for all that you're doing. We continue to give you the glory and the honor, Lord, and we just thank you in Jesus' name. For the next podcast, uh, read Leviticus chapter 4 verse 1 through chapter 6 verse 18, Psalm 27 verses 1 through 6, and then Proverbs 4 verses 24 through 25, and then Matthew 27 verses 45 through 66.